Gracias, Enrique. Buenos días. Buenos días. Es un gusto estar con ustedes. Dios te bendiga. Amén. As, uh, I, I'm, I'm enjoying being with you and may the Lord bless you. Amén. Amén. Eh, I want to uh, ask you to turn your mental video recorder uh, on and let's take a picture and let's review uh, the, the, the record, the movie of Jesus and this uh, woman. Uh, Jesus is moving. Jesus is moving, uh, I think, rather quickly because uh, Jairus, the, one of the principals of the synagogue, has come and, and requested from him to rush to the place where his daughter is dying. So I, I imagine in, in, my, in my mind that uh, uh, Jairus is in a hurry. He is walking fast, trying to even uh, go faster than usual. And uh, perhaps also Jesus, since Jairus is going fast, he is also moving fast. Now everybody, all that crowd is moving quickly. The crowd is pushing, the crowd is rushing, but in the middle of that, there is a woman, uh, a very uh, audacious woman, uh, getting close to the multitude, a woman that is also moving fast, and perhaps faster than all the crowd, because she's got a a tremendous need. She's got an interest. Somehow she feels that that man, Jesus, has the answer for her, her situation. She's been sick for 12 years, bleeding. He's unclean on the stand, and standards of the society of that time. And, and she has no other option. Doctors have not the answer. There is no uh, cure for her. But somehow, somehow, she thinks that that man is the answer for her. And she doesn't even attempt to get as close to him as to embrace him. She doesn't even attempt to, to go and shake hands with him because, you know, she's a woman. And she is, as I said, she's unclean. Who in the world is going to make some room for her to get close to the master? But she is brave. And she is decided to, to go and get close to Jesus. And, and he manages the situation. She sneaks uh, somehow and, and, and she thinks, if I get close enough just to to touch the fringe of, the, of Jesus' garment, I will, I will be healed. And so she, so she does. She gets close. She pushes men to one side and another. And she makes herself room to get to the master. And all of a sudden, she feels that she is now entire. She is complete. She is healed. 
Now, all of a sudden, the master stops. Are you still with me? The master stops. And when Jesus stops, the crowd stops too. And then the master looks around and, and says something rather weird. <laughs> Who touched me? Who touched me? And of course, eh, nobody answers. <laughs> there, there's no answer to it. But, but you know, that uh, man, Peter, no, uh, the one, the vocal Peter, the one he is always uh, prompt to say something, and, and he, he's got the answer. Jesus, what kind of a question is that? <laughs> you, you, know, you, you see what's going on. You, you see everybody's pushing you. Everybody's crowding upon you. That's not... That's not a pertinent question. <laughs> but then Jesus again says, somebody has touched me because I know that power has gone out from me. Now, turn your mental VCR off for a minute. And let's analyze the question. The question is, who touched me? Who touched me? Now, let's talk about the meaning of touching. And, and, and I'm going to use Bob Lyons, who used to be a professor, old, a New Testament professor here at Asbury. Uh, uh, he taught us to, to the, the, the context, that context is everything. Now, let's, let's uh, uh, base our thought on the context. The meaning of touching in this context is not, is not that somebody is crowding upon you. Touching means not crowding, nor pressing, or piling up people upon another, somebody else. It does not mean pushing, neither rubbing. Peter's, Peter's response reveals this kind of misunderstanding. Touching is just crowding or pushing. And that's why he says, Master, the, the people are crowding and pressing against you. You should not be surprised about what is going on. Touching means not, means not friction or the act of, or of rubbing something or someone as when you walk on the hallway. You... you uh, hit somebody else because you're rushing to get your Old Testament paper, you know, turn into the professor. That is not the meaning of it. What does touching mean or imply? Touching in this context is an act of faith. I believe against all the data. I believe I trust that in, in, in the, uh, against the doctor's, uh, 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 you know, opinion. Doctors have said that medicine will not work. But I believe, I have total, total assurance, even though everything has failed in 12 years, in 12 years, 
touching, touching is an act of faith. My last chance to be healed. Touching is also a strong decision. I will get there at any cost. I will get close to the master whatever it takes. I will touch his garment because I, I trust that I will be healed that way. It is a strong decision. Nothing is going to stop me. I will, I will going to get there because I, I, I need to get healed and complete. Touching is the final simple movement of an individual's feel free will to get God's grace by the means of stretching out a hand and just getting to Jesus' garment. That perhaps is touching. Everything else is nothing, is nothing at all. Now, then touching means approaching Jesus on purpose, in faith, intentionally. Stretching out the arm and hand and heart intentionally to make contact with the Lord. It does not mean believing in acting. It does mean believing in acting with hope and assurance that something is going to happen. Something will indeed change. That a real miracle, miracle is going to result because the one who you are touching is powerful enough to change all circumstances and even you. That is the meaning of touching. Down. Now, this, let's turn again our mental video, please. Look at the woman. Now, look at the woman. He's just been healed. He felt it. He knows. He knows he, she's healed. And perhaps she said, I made it. But then she hears the voice who touched me. And she starts trembling. And she starts being uh, fearful. What is the master going to do? Is he going to put her on shame? Is he going to put her to evidence, her situation? What is, is, is he going to reject her? What is he going to do? You know, she doesn't know what's going to happen. She, know, she knows that uh, she is healed, but she, she is in the, in the midst of a bunch of men, and she's not really sure what's, what's next. Now, Jesus' eyes get fixed on her. And I want you to, to, to picture this, this piece of the movie. Jesus' eyes are right on her eyes. And instead of giving a word of humiliation, she, he, he gives a word of recognition. He says, daughter, 
Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. For when you go to Jesus, anytime you approach Jesus humbly when, and with your heart, you will receive not a word of rejection. You will receive a word of recognition. Those who trust always get a recognition word from Jesus. He embraced them. He accepts them because they approach him in faith. Jesus recognizes you have been a woman of faith, a woman of decision, a brave woman. There is your gift. There is your miracle. Go in peace. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Be happy. Go back home. Share with your family. You are now a whole person. Now let me ask you, who else in the Bible, who else in the scripture had this experience of power going, on, going out of them? And you know, you're seminary students, you know many things, right? Who else? And you know, the apostles. In, in Acts 5, 12 through 16, says the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. All of the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dare join them, even though they were highly re regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. At least Peter's shadow. You, you imagine this thing? They crowded around Peter so they were healed, many people. Then the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 9, 19, uh, 11 through 12 says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs like this, like this, like this, some piece of garment from Paul can, uh, can be gotten from Paul and taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. So this, this issue of power going out from someone was not only in Jesus, but also in Jesus' followers. And this gift and ability is also for us today. But the question arises, what is the secret for power to go always out from you? And perhaps you may uh, want uh, the, the answer. What is the secret, anyway, for power to go out from you all the time, you know, all the time, uh, or most of the time, or most of the time? What is finally the secret? And, and I think that uh, Jeremiah, 
Jeremiah uh, give us the clue. The secret of this power going out from you is the secret. The secret. El secreto es el secreto. The secret of all these things is remaining in the secret of God. If you check out Jeremiah 23, 18, says, But which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see or to hear his word? Who has listened and heard his word? That's what verse 18 says. Again, but who... But who but which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see or to hear his word? And then verse 22 of the same chapter, chapter 23, says, But if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people and would have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. I find in this paragraph that the Babylonian captivity could have been avoided if, if the prophets would have been in the counsel of God. That's what I find in this, in this paragraph. It tells me that much of the, of the responsibility of what happens all over the world lays on the men and women of God, on the ministers of the Lord. The text again says, but if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people and would have them turn from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. And that means there would have not been any punishment against Israel. You see how powerful is you staying in the presence of God. Because being in the counsel of God is, is equal to being in the presence of God, in the, in the secret of God, in communion with God. So you are going to be able to hear, and what else? And to see. If you are able to hear the counsel of God and to, to see, then you will have not only a sermon, but a message. You will have a message for the people. And I can tell you that the people need always God's message some, so frequently, much more than a pastor's sermon. Now, what areas of ministry require that power might go out from the minister? Is it only the ministry of miracles and healing? Is it only the ministry of casting out demons? By the way, let, 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 me, let it be clear that also in the United States, like in Mexico, there are demons. Knowledge, science, and technology are not enough to expel demons out from a person. Only the power of Jesus. You know, the power of the Holy Spirit is needed by the bishops to guide the church of the Lord. And when we fail to do so, the church wanders far from Jesus. 
The power of the Holy Spirit is needed for all pastors and leaders to preach the word of every time. You have not done your work, your homework, if you only do your exegesis and practice your homiletics. You indispensably need the power that Jesus had, the power that the Holy Spirit of the Holy Spirit to preach today to today's people in today's problems. The power of Jesus is needed, is needed for counseling, for planning, for teaching children, to care for the elderly, to help the ones in any kind of addiction, to orientate those who require sexual, sexual orientation, to take out people from the bondage of all kinds of violence, and yes, to overcome all types of demonic forces. If you are visioning having a Christian bookstore, you need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Not just to have a business, but to operate a ministry, a real ministry. If you are visioning having a fast food store or a departmental store or just a churro or a little taco restaurant, you need to be filled and guided by the Holy Spirit, so you will operate in His will and not in your simple and small and fragile, fragile abilities. Yes, we need. We need to learn how to be and how to remain in the secret place of communion with God. If we aspire to be com competent ministers of the new covenant. Now, let me tell you the reality of ministry. Sometimes you will feel like Jesus, full of power. You will feel like when, 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 wherever you go, if anyone approaches to you and touches you, he'll get healed. You will feel so strong, so powerful, that any demon who comes around you will be expelled. expelled. But sometimes you will feel like that bleeding lady. And you will become the bleeding pastor, the hurting pastor, the crying teacher, the one who feels that is he or she is so feeble, so broken. Because you yourself, in your heart, in your family, in your children, in your job, you see that everything is falling down. But again, you have to remember that if you are as brave as that little old woman and approach Jesus trusting Decided to get from him that which only he can give you. You will get it. Because he is faithful. The reality of ministry is that way. Sometimes in ministry, you will feel like the super Christian machine. And other times, you will feel that you are that needing, needing person. But 
anytime you will be able to come to Jesus. Make sure you really touch Jesus every day. Make sure you go to, in, to that encounter with Jesus every day. Touch Jesus. Touch him always. Touch him for joy and out of the pleasure of just being with him. Touch him for your own healing. Touch him intentionally. Touch him, touch him with, with faith. Touch him in assurance and expectation. He is able. He will do it. He is with me, and he loves me. But then allow others to touch you. Allow others to get close to you. Do not segregate from others. Do not make yourself the super and untouchable minister. Make yourself available to the people who are desperate to touch someone. In our so weird society that uh, is so accustomed to be distant, you need to allow the people to get close to you because they need you. I would like for us to finish this morning by praying and asking the Lord whatever we want to ask him. Just approach Jesus and try to touch him. And remember, you are not here just to touch his clock, his garment, but embrace him. Let's have a time of prayer. Get close to him and let him touch you. Let him heal you. Let him speak to you. Let him lift you up. Let him give you his love.